All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Millennial Teacher Podcast. My name is Shakira Langley, and we are back talking all things education. And I'm really excited because I started a series with Black men in education, and I'm really excited to have one of my good friends who is doing major things in the field of education, especially for the Black youth. Everybody, welcome, Mr. Jonte Banks. Welcome, Jonte. Hey, everyone. How you guys doing? I'm glad to be on here. Thank you guys for having me. It's good to have you. So, Jante, it is very slim that Black men are in education. So how did you get started and what drove your passion? Uh, <clears throat> so I got started in education uh, really right after college. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad was always heavily involved in the community. So um, he would do things as far as um, be an advocate for the community, do different um like violence prevention programs, um, just a lot of different things that were community-based. So um, when I graduated college, I started interning at uh, this company called Youth Connection Charter School, and uh, we would provide services to 19 campuses. So um, really me just growing up in the inner city, it was something I always wanted to do as far as being an advocate for young people because um, I went through the Chicago public school system and you know, I see the advantages and the disadvantages of going through the school system. So I always felt like I want to advocate and give back to the young people. Nice. And so what exactly is your role now? Uh, so I'm a college and career coach um, at the University of Chicago Charter School. So um, I work with ninth through 12th graders, basically make sure making sure they're on track with their post-secondary plans as far as graduation. So if students are interested in uh, different career paths, I make sure that you know, they can get resources to different career paths. If they're interested in college, I'm making sure that, you know, they're applying for colleges, I'm making sure they're applying for scholarships and making sure they are applying to colleges that um either they meet, um, over meet or under meet. So we want to make sure that students are being accepted into schools that make the most sense. Nice. That's huge because a lot of men, I mean, young boys are actually quitting before even seeing graduation. I know like just on a personal level, I have a cousin who is 15 and I don't know if most people know this, but I am, my family's from the island. And so the education system in the Caribbean versus American is different. But as I'm like doing research, it's like American schools, like they calm down parents for truancy. And so you have no choice but to go to school, but they are still quitting and going to get their GEDs and whatnot. And so versus the island, it's like your choice. Like if you don't want to learn, that's on you. And so it's really disheartening to hear and to see. And so we did get my cousin back into school, but he was 15. And he was like ready to just throw it all away. And so kind of like to rewind back to what you do and what you said, like going through Chicago public school system, a lot of young youth, the headlines will say are very troubled, especially in inner cities. And I know that Chicago can be targeted for being, you know, heavy crime rate, this, that, and the third. But I've been there. It's a beautiful city, lovely people. However, you know, with any um, state, there's pros and cons, but especially like inner cities, the education system can be very, very underserved. So what do you think needs to be changed? And how are you getting young men to like love education and finish their trajectory? I know that's loaded, so take your time. <laughs> uh, for me personally, I think we have to uh, first meet them where they are at. Um, you want to ask the question, first and foremost, why are you not interested in school? And these days, a lot of the young people, specifically young men, they want to get money. Mm -hmm. You know, as well as though going to school, 
um, is a waste of time when there are multiple ways for you to get money without actually going to school. So my thing is if students are, well, young people, black men specifically, um, if they are interested in something like that, how about we talk about getting them into different programs that will help accelerate them to get to their goals. So a student might be interested in business, might have a whole business plan, but there are still processes and steps to run a business and be a successful entrepreneur. So um, getting those students in those different type of programs, but also letting them know, like, even though you're not interested in college, you still have to do um, some of the basic principles that every other college student do, which right. is study, be on time, be accountable, advocate for yourself. So those are the things that um, most young black men don't want to do. But also, you know, uh, I think a lot of them are influenced by what they see on social media. So they might see somebody that's, you know, they didn't go to high school or they didn't go to college and they still became successful. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a struggle. Absolutely. So every person that, you know, despite their path or what they want to do, it's always a struggle to get to where you're going because you just don't wake up. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it happened overnight. You know, they say Rome wasn't built in one day. So you still have to take the time and do the initial steps that needs to be done. Right. I love that. Yeah. So for me, I just push um, if it's something that you really love, understand that it's going to be some traction. It's going to be some things that you have to get through. It's going to be some hurdles. But also you can't start a business without knowing how to actually start with a business plan. Right. You know, you have to start somewhere. So you might have to take classes. You might have to take these different things to do it. A lot of times the students in my school they always talk about real estate and they think that, okay, I could go buy a building. I just start getting all this money. Well, you do understand there's wear and tear on buildings. You have to have contracts. You have to pay taxes on this building. You have to take loans out to pay back the building. So they're not seeing it from that part. So I always try to be understanding and realistic with them and let them know, like, you know, you might not be interested in college and you might be interested in entrepreneurship, but you still have to learn um, the game of entrepreneurship. Right. Because it could be a pass or fail. Like like you can start something and it may not flourish until like years later or months, but it is a learning curve for sure. So there is like the pros of like social media and like entrepreneurship. But I also feel like there's a lot of cons, like our students are seeing what we see. So they see a lot of like nudity, sex, drugs, alcohol, and it's all at their fingertips. So what do you think? What have you seen in black men that's been more negative? Because I feel like as a woman, like we're getting no discrimination on like body types or whatever, but it has been killing some women. Like we see the models and we see, you know, like so much pop culture that can for like modern day, you know, people just working in nine to five or like our students, they want that. And so they're doing other things to get it. And it can just be so detrimental to their learning, to their body, to their health, if they don't have the proper means to get it right now. And so they they want to look like it. They want to feel like it. So what does that look like for like young boys? Because the young girls, it can either, it can go both ways, but right now, like they don't have the funds to do that. So it, it's hard to see. So what does it look like for young men when the media influences them? Uh, I I think it kind of it looks different in many ways, but I know a lot of the young men um they're influenced by the rappers and what they see. They influenced by the 
diamond chains and the money and the cars and the women. And for them, um, it looks like kind of being defiant in a sense because they feel as though, because I work a regular nine to five and I might wear a shirt and tie that, these are not things that I guess I can possess or I can have. So they feel as though, you know, um, mimicking the things they see will get them there, but not understanding that most of the people that have these things or the things that they are influenced by, they would regular, they would really like to have a regular life, you know, because you don't know what they had to do to get to where they at. So, you know, um, I always feel like what you hear influences how you behave. So a lot of times they listen to music and they seeing things and they are acting off what they see, not knowing that you might not even get to that path, but you're behaving that way because you think that's something cool. And really it's a, it's a disservice to yourself because you are uniquely made and you should understand that it takes time to get to, it takes time to get to where you want to go. Right. It really takes time. So, um, just in the school system, it causes a lot of behavior problems. It causes a lot of, uh, I think it breeds kind of like low self-esteem because you're comparing yourself and you're angry that you can't have these things. And I want to drive the nice cars and I want to, you know, just have all this material stuff. And right. I think they base success off material things. And mm-hmm. I try to tell them that success starts within. If you are successful within yourself, it will, it will show outwardly. So, right. you know, for the young men, it just it just kind of damages damages them in ways that, you know, they don't even understand. And this is kind of off topic topic, but specifically just kind of speaking on the fact that um growing up, young men really don't have that space where they can manage their emotions. Right. You know, we grow up in the inner city, we are kind of taught, you know, don't cry, boys don't cry, be strong, be this and be that. But I think that um kind of showing your emotions is a strength because you hold so many things in to a point that you explode. And I always tell them like, it's a difference between having conversation and having confrontation. You have to know how to say things and get things off, you know, and express yourself in ways where it's not harmful to other people because people haven't done anything to you. Right. You've done everything to yourself. So the fact that, you know, society says we have to be strong and we have to, hold things in is like really destroying our young men and our older men at the same time. Right. Oh, Jesus. That was heavy, but that was so real because I feel like now our generation of people are, we're taking advantage of therapy. Like if we be, if we're honest, like our parents, they didn't believe in therapy. You pray about it. You keep pushing. You can pray and you can go to therapy. And I just feel like now as millennials are in education spaces now, we're teaching them social skills. Like I teach kindergarten and you cannot have a tantrum in this classroom. You're going to learn how to regulate your emotions. And I feel like at such an early level, like they can take that at five and they can carry it from five to 15 to 50. And it just makes a world of difference. But to rewind back to what you said, there is nothing wrong with working to a nine to five because there are people out here who are doctors, lawyers, engineers, um, dentists, and they, it may look modern day, it may look like a regular nine to five, but that is success too, on many different levels. And you can have the nice cars and all the accolades working at somebody's office and your own entrepreneur skills as well. So I feel like a lot of um, young people need to know that too. Like it is nothing wrong with that. And success looks different on everybody. Like you don't have to chase what you see scrolling on TikTok. So I'm glad you made that a point. 
But to um, switch gears a little bit, why do you think men are not going into education spaces? Because a lot of the times you guys are looked at as the tough guy or I'm going to call Mr. Banks so he can scare you, get you in line. But you're anybody who knows you well, like you are so loving and so kind. So I'm pretty sure they don't look at Mr. Banks as, oh, shit, like here he come. It's like a woosah, like they can come to you. So why do you think black men aren't entering education spaces and why do they label y'all as the tough guy? I mean, I just historically like men are disciplinarians. You know, that's who we are. So um, in the household, when it's a mother and father and a child gets in trouble, a mother specifically, hey, I'm going to tell your father and a child usually straightens up. So just having that history of being a um, disciplinarian um, says everything. But as it relates to the school system, a lot of men are um, in the system, in the school system as deans, like. And for me personally, I feel like we are more than just deans. We are more than just disciplinarians to these students. We are, you know, we, we are kind of like big brothers. Some of us are fathers. Some of us are cousins. Some of us are, you know, maybe that positive role model that these young people haven't seen. You know, so I think that a lot of men kind of distance, distance themselves from the education system because they don't want to just be seen as that. Like we are more than just that. Like we are, you know, we are counselors, we are therapists, we are principals, assistant principals. We are just, you know, people that play a whole role besides the role that they give us on paper. So, and again, just to go back, I meet students where they at. I always tell students like, you know, I would never make you feel bad about anything that you do because everything you do is a lesson to be learned. So it could be a prime example. If you come in a classroom and you disrespectful, I'm not going to, you know, react with disrespect. I would just simply ask, hey, do you need a couple minutes just to calm down? And then later on throughout the day, I will come find you and we can revisit what happened earlier that day. Because right. if I'm if you throwing me fire and I'm throwing you fire now, it's that confrontation. And I don't you know, that's just bad for business at the end of the day, because now I'm feeling disrespected. You feeling disrespected. Now we having conflict and that's just not something that I want to have. I would like to um, positively redirect that energy right. because I know, I don't know what you might have been through just to get here to school. I don't know what you went through at night to get to this morning. I don't know who you are outside of what I see from, you know, nine to five. So I still have to be graceful. I still have to be professional. And then I have to look back and think like I once was in high school. You know, so I once was a teenager that was battling different things. I could be battling family issues. I could be, you know, young men going through puberty as they transitioning into these stages of becoming a man, voices changing, different, you know, hormones and different things like that. And some of them really don't have an outlet. So their only way to react and voice their opinion is aggressively. Mm-hmm. So I just have to um, meet yeah. them where they and be understanding. Yeah. And like just hearing you say that as a teacher, we kind of are limited in the sense where you can check in with a student, if I'm making sense, because right now, if we're going to be honest, education is about money, meeting standards and growth. And so to hear you say all of that, even at the earliest levels, those babies come in with all of that and more. And so I can't imagine from like first grade to high school, what they're facing as well. Like they come in with so much more life, some of them more than I've experienced as an adult at 30. And so I'm just thinking like, I got to get you to learn to read, to write, but 
I don't even, I don't even ask you, are you crying because you didn't eat breakfast this morning? You know? And so I, I just really feel like we, as an education community, we got to embed days where it's like check-in days. Like we have these professional developments for teachers, but that's again, going back to getting them to meet a standard. But what about bringing kids in to have a, a session with them or to play, to laugh, to do a craft? There's not, that's not happening. So I love that you are at a, a place where you can pour into kids. But on the flip side, I kind of want to know, like, have you ever felt... Not, I don't want to say fail because that's a heavy word, but have you ever felt like you just couldn't reach a child? Um, I feel like that often. Really? Um, yeah. I, I feel like that often because, uh, you know, even I fall into the instant gratification, mm-hmm. you know, where I feel like, you know, um, if I'm giving you advice or I'm trying to lead you in the correct path, I expect you to follow that right now. Yeah. But, I have to be understanding that life is going to challenge you and you might not understand it right then and there, but you might come back years later or a couple months later and be like, man, I remember Mr. Banks took the time to actually say this to me. He took the time to see how I'm doing. He took the time to say, you know what? You going about it the wrong way. You should go about it this way. So um, at times, you know, I feel like I fail because I want everybody to, um, support the students the way I support the students. You know, it's one thing to meet standards and everything and, but it's another thing to genuinely care about the process and evolution of a student, you know? And that's how they know you are genuine. Yeah, we want to meet benchmarks. Yeah, we want to meet quotas. Yeah, we want to do the things that the state requirements are doing. But I kind of feel like, you know, is it really worth it at the end of the day? Is the money you making really worth it and you not really pouring into this person? Yeah. You know, so Ooh. for me, it's just, I carry it very heavy just because of how I grew up and the things that I experienced and, you know, just being able to overcome that. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, you are taking on their life and then you got your own life too and whatever you may be going through. So like, I'm just sitting here as you're talking, like, how do you sleep at night? Like, how do you decompress? Because if you are, you it's from what I'm hearing, like you are all in for those babies. And so it's like, how do you like flip that switch and then try and then turn it back on? Or does it just, it's a cycle. I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to decompress and flip it. Like going to the gym is therapy for me, you know, um, you know, working out, reading books, running, listening to music, but I haven't really taken the time to really take a step back. Like over the summer, I went to uh, I went to Dominican Republic, but I was still working while I was there. And it was like, I need to take a step back, but I need to be organized to make sure when I get back home to the States that these, everything is in order so they can do it right. So for me, um, it's really about being organized, but like my heart is truly in it. Like I tell people all the time, like it affects me heavily because I truly do care. Yeah. And I don't care about numbers. I don't necessarily care about meeting quotas. I care about doing things that's going to be beneficial. Like if, if I haven't successfully guided you out of this high school transition into life, I feel like I failed because you need to be able to advocate for yourself. You need to be able to talk and tell people exactly what you need. You need to be able to go, to a bank and know how to successfully deposit a check. 
You need to be able to know how to tie a tie. You need to be able to know what it means to dress and go to an interview. You need to know how to ask an interviewer questions after the interview. You need to know how to have a resume. You need to know how to do all of these things that people are not looking at. Yeah, we graduating kids and that's fine, you know, but once they step into the real world, what have I done to really push them? Yeah. It sounds like like you are literally teaching them life skills, stuff that, and we're going to be honest, well, I'm going to speak for myself. My school didn't teach me that. I thank God for my HBCU. I feel like that's where I learn how to, I had my fun. I learned, but it also taught me how to be a woman and take on life, you know, full speed. And that sounds like what you're doing with your little ones that they are so blessed to have you. So you said a lot. So I, I'm going to ask a personal question at 30. Um, do you feel like the school system set you up for where you are right now? Looking back. Well, I'll be 32 next month. So oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like the school system set me up um, to succeed, honestly. I would say this. Let me be honest. So the school, the high school I went to was a vocational high school. I went to Simeon Career Academy. So they had different majors at the school. So I was able to take auto body repair and graduate. And I was pretty good at, you know, um, just auto body repairing cars and building cars and priming them to get repainted and different stuff like that. But um, I don't think high school success successfully prepared me for life. I think um, having my father, my mother, and my family actually helped me because of the mistakes they had or the mistakes they had uh, been through in their life. So for me, I think that uh, high school sometimes may challenge you academically, but it's more to life than academics. You need life skills. When we talk about how to, you know, have those conversations and talk to people, when we talk about, you know, just how to do the regular things that you need to do in life, like how to manage a budget, you yeah. know, how to sacrifice or how to, you know, just really kind of do things that's going to lead you into adulthood. So right. I would say high school really didn't prepare me, but I had, um, mentors and good people around me that poured into me. So it was yeah. a lot of things that I was kind of ahead of my time with. So, yeah. so that's, that's such a blessing. And that goes to show like education spaces need to be community centers as well. Like there should be a mentor down the hall and some people are not fortunate to have family that they can look up to, or, you know, our parents were learning as they go as well. And so they have failed and they're learning and we may be a little bruised or pinched from it too. But I just kind of feel like with adulthood, you're just learning as you go. Um, especially us being millennials too, like we're, we're trying to figure it out too. And I think that's the beauty of it all. Like we can tell our students, you know, like I've been there, I hear you, I see you. And in a sense, we're going through with the same thing. Cause you see what I see, you're living through what I'm living through. And we're just trying to, you know, figure it out all together. And so it sounds like you are just so good at what you do. You got a strong head. And when I say we appreciate men in education, especially young Black men, I appreciate you so much. Do you have any last minute tips or suggestion you want to give to men in education? Or it's a lot of women. So anything that you want to give us too that we can take, like we are not male figures, but we can take the sound advice and we can flip it in a way that we know how. So do you have any last minute tips? Um, 
I would just say, uh, you know, keep working, um, keep building, um, keep believing that the work that you are doing is not in vain. Um, a lot of times, you know, I know it's heavy on us as far as being educators and balancing our own life, but, you know, just know that you are doing well. You know, we might be the only people in these young people's life that are pouring into them, and we have to challenge them each and every day, whether they like it or not. You know, if we're not challenging them, we're doing a disservice. Yeah. So, um, you know, just 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 keep fighting a good fight. Know that um, education is the passport to anywhere you want to go, whether that's career education, um, any type of education. We all have to be educated on something, but, you know, just keep pointing to the young people because this is our next generation and know that you are doing a good job and continue to believe in yourself. And there it is. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Millennial Teacher Podcast.